Welcome to The Worst Best Sellers, where we read about the weirdest kid in Stony Brook so you don't have to. I'm Kate. And I'm Renata. And for this episode, we read Karen's Witch, Karen's Ghost, Karen's Kitty Cat Club, and Karen's Plane Trip by Anna Martin. <laughs> Joining us to discuss the Babysitter's Club Little Sister series spinoff are Karen's Stuffed Cats, Moosey, and Goosey. Oh, we're starting. We're starting on such a chaotic note, and I feel like it's only going to spiral from here. For starters, hi everyone. You might have noticed there's four books in this, and it was only supposed to be three. And here's what happened: is normally I'm kind of I'm kind of the Marianne of the podcast, and I like have a spreadsheet and normally I send out the emails and I make the documents as like here's what book we're reading I've shared it in Google Drive and I did that and then in my head I was like yeah Karen's Witch I need to get Karen's Witch from the library and I got it and then just before like when we were going over our notes Kay was like wait did you read Karen's Witch because we said Karen's Ghost and I was like no oh yeah it does say Karen's Ghost in the spreadsheet huh it says Karen's ghost right here at the top of this document I've been typing in for like an hour and I <laughs> didn't notice and I just had it in my head that we were going to read Karen's witch. So I read that and Kate read Karen's ghost, which is the correct book that we chose. So we'll, we'll be doing a little uh, comparison. A little back and forth. Uh, the other thing that I'll mention is that we're recording this at 9.30 at night, and it is currently 88 degrees, feels like 92, with 88% humidity. And we had to turn our air conditioners and fans off to record this. So already we're a little uh, punch drunk from the heat. We're suffering for our art, and our art is podcasting. Yes. Um, the third thing you might have noticed is that the people we identified as guests are inanimate objects, and that's because we don't actually have another human guest. It's just the two of us. And just if we're just being real between, just confidentially between me and you, the listener, we are so losing it from pandemic. Like, I don't know from, like, tentative end of pandemic like we're just completely brain scrambled and it's been really you might have noticed in other episodes we're like oh i'm not really sure what we're doing next it's been hard for us to schedule for a lot of reasons but partly because of brain scrambles so that's where we're at yeah there's it's just a lot going on and we're very tired and the world is still very bad even though it's getting better and also now it's a million degrees and very humid (laughs) in our terrible northeast area of the country where there's no central air and also all of those things and there are lots of little sisters books it turns out with (laughs) titles that are thematically similar yeah. So anyway, I'm really excited to talk about these books and I I I just want like if this episode seems weird, I mean that's why. Like just real talk and if you're listening to this in the future, this is June 2021 is a really chaotic time. Although the last year and a half of podcasts has arguably been from a chaotic time 
I feel like now it's just all really catching up with it. It's true. And it also, like, in addition to us recording this at 9.30 at night, I mentioned at the beginning to be like, it's this late and it still feels like this. But also, we usually record this podcast fairly early in the morning. Yeah. Um, so this also just kind of feels like we're bestsellers nights where anything can happen. <laughs> we're at the peach pit after dark. That's a different 90s reference. Anyway... Kate, what's your history with the Little Sister books? Did you read these as a kid? I did. I read a lot of them as a kid. Um, I can't I can't remember if I mentioned this on the podcast or if I mentioned it to you while we were getting drinks somewhere or if I just never mentioned it at all and it's just in my head. But <laughs> Just a secret thought. Continue. Yes. <laughs> um, when I was a kid, um, I'm sure at some point in the Scholastic book catalog, they offered a like Babysitter's Club book club where you could get, I think, like two Babysitter's Club books sent to you every month from Scholastic if you signed up for it. But that's sick. They did not offer that at any point. If they offered it, I never saw it until after I had seen an advertisement for the Little Sisters book club where they send you like two books every month and da 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 da. So I signed up for that because I was like, well, these are sort of babysitters adjacent and I'm interested in the babysitters. And even though technically they're probably too young for me or they were probably like on my age that I was at a t- the time, but I was already reading at a much higher level. Like I still want to sign up for this. So my parents signed me up for it. Um, and I got a ton of little sister books until they stopped. I think it was, it was like a year or something subscription that they bought me. So it was probably like 24 of them wow. um, that I read. And even though I was much more into the babysitters club and the babysitters club were probably also beneath my level, um, they still, you know, allowed me to do this. And I did it. And I, so I read a bunch of them and I'm fairly well-versed. I, I should be fairly well-versed in them, but time and depression and pandemic have erased so much of the wrinkles of my brain that I don't <laughs> super remember a lot of most of them. That was a very long story. No, I'm look, I'm prepared to talk for seven times that long about these books, frankly. Please do. <laughs> I Okay, so Karen's plane trip when we were picking what book to read and and I and I misremembered but I definitely I also misremembered Karen's plane trip cuz I was like I want to read Karen's farm like I loved Karen's farm and then I was searching and I was like oh I guess it's, she takes the plane trip to the farm but the plane trip is like the title of the book but I kind of like unlocked some new memories honestly cuz I got it and then I saw the cover of it where she is standing outside like a small plane with the stairway and she's waving as she gets on the plane. And I, I, well, I first I texted my mom and then I called her later, but I was talking to my mom and I was like, Hey, do you remember this book? And she's like, yeah, I think so. And I was like, I think that my maternal grandparents gave this to me before I took my first plane trip. Is that right? And she was like, no, no, you took your first plane trip when you were like two. And I was like, what? I don't remember that. <laughs> and Cause I was two. My- <laughs> thank you for that explanation yeah like just if that's not clear um and i because my family didn't take very many plane trips i think well i guess i thought i'd only taken two plane trips well i guess four four total two round trip flights in my life before the college but i guess it was three and one 
I just don't remember because I was two. But then once I was like, okay, well, I didn't mean that one because I don't consider that my first flight because I didn't know what happened, I guess. And she was like, oh, yeah, that time when we went to Mexico and you were like six. Yeah, I think you're right. And I was like, yeah, because she made us these like little plane kit bags with like books and like snacks and toys and stuff. And she was like, yeah, you're right. Like she did do that. And I was like, and mine had a crab on it. And she's like, I don't remember that. And I was like, it had a crab on it. <laughs> As a cancer, I remember. Um, <laughs> Worst bestseller of nights. <laughs> anyway, on the on the cover, Karen, this is also a little upsetting to me. Karen has a little bag that, like, her family made her a little bag to keep her company on the plane. And on the cover, you can clearly see, and they talk about this in the book, too, the bag is labeled Fun Bag, which is... Okay, I don't know if you've encountered this, but definitely like the dirtbag guys that I knew in high school used fun bag as slang for boobs. Yes. Yeah, okay. I was like, I haven't heard that in a long time, but as soon as I saw it, I was like, ew. Another memory unlocked that guys used to call <laughs> boobs fun bags. And Karen has her little fun bag for the plane, but it's just... Anyway, so I'm, I believe that was the first little sister book I read because my grandparents said so carefully pick this thematic plane slash farm book for me to read on my plane and um yeah I, I was six I think it was 1991 which was the year this book came out and I really liked it I really liked Karen she's such a weird character and there's really specific elements of Karen that I really related to and so then I I acquired more little sister books and I was talking to my mom about this and I was like here's what I remember I remember we would get them at like the checkout aisle of Walmart because there wasn't really a bookstore where we live but these were so popular that you know Walmart doesn't have a huge book selection but they would have these and she was like yeah we would usually like let you get one when we checked out and I was like yeah and I but I remember like when I was younger we used to go to the library and then we stopped for a while and we would just get we would just buy these. And she was like, yeah, it's because your brother was born and we'd like, we couldn't take him places because <laughs> my brother was just like very um, tantrum prone child. He's not now. Now he's a very chill adult, but he was like a really tantrum prone child. And she's like, yeah, we just couldn't take him places. So we would just like buy these books at Walmart. But then uh, I would read them too quickly. And even now, like they're very short books um, and just, I mean, they're early chapter books, but I, like Kate and like Janine Kishi was like an advanced reader. So I'd read them too quickly. And she's like, these aren't a good investment because you read them by the time we get home from the store. So like, oh, what's this? There's a bigger Babysitter's Club books. You read those. And I was like, oh, but I like Karen. But I I was sort of like forced into the grown up Babysitter's Club. I'm grown up. Like <laughs> the, the, you know, the big sister books. Yeah, I, when I was in, like, kindergarten and first grade, which, I mean, reading level-wise is fine, but, well, we talked about this last episode, too, how these books are about eighth graders, and so normally you would pitch it at maybe, like, sixth, seventh grade because you want the characters to be a little bit older than the reader, but not, like... So I, I really related more to Karen because she's six and seven as she grows, but reading-wise, I got kicked up into Babysitter's Club books pretty early, and so whenever Karen would show up in the books, which she does sort of often because she's, you know, Christy's stepsister. Boy, we have not. We introduced these so poorly because of, of all the reasons we just outlined. Listen, are, if, if this is your first worst bestsellers <laughs> episode, 
I'm very sorry. If it is not your first worst bestsellers episode, and in fact, you listen to the two episodes that come before this, you don't need any introduction. Yeah. Or if you were like alive and reading in the 90s, like you probably know who Karen Brewer is. Like she's Karen Brewer. She's Christy's little sister. Come on. <laughs> anyway, whenever she popped up in Baby Stars Club, like to me, it was like celebrity cameo. Like it's Karen, my favorite. And we've talked before about the Baby Stars Club dolls. And I had the Christy and Karen set, but to me, I was like, I want that Karen doll. And like, I don't actually really like Christy that much. I think Claudia and Stacy and Don are cooler than Christy, but they were packaged together. I was like, give me that Karen doll. And so I also had a Christy. And reading these down, so like, God, I fucking love Karen. This kid is so weird. This kid is wild. I love her. She is. I remember too, like watching when I watched the Babysitters Club show last yes, year. Yes, she's so good. She's in it. so insane. She is bonkers in that show, and I loved it. She is just like the weirdest, creepiest, most like sociopathic little kid. Yes. Oh yeah. So it's it's is those are that's. That's Karen. That's Karen for you. And that's whereabout we are as it is now 949 at night and I'm sweating bullets. Sweating. It's a school night. This is just unprecedented, frankly. Yes. Okay. So the, the first book that I read was... <laughs> Tell me about Karen's Witch, Renata. I Please do I can't believe I did. This is the first time I have made such a grievous podcasting error. But I think it's fine. It's fine. I read Karen's Witch, which is book number one. It's Which also maybe is probably, I was like, oh yeah, we said we'd read the first one. We didn't. But I did. Anyway, the first book is Karen's Witch. And um, I, elements of Karen's Witch a little bit got folded into um, the Babysitter's Club Netflix show in a way that I thought was really cool. And I really liked how they did that. But Karen's Witch, I mean, A, it's the first book, so it introduces us to Karen, who is the child of divorced parents, and her mother and her stepfather, Seth, are her primary caregivers, and she lives with them in the little house and um, with her brother, Andrew, and Seth's cat and dog. But then every other weekend, she lives in the big house, which I always think of as jail, but... For Karen, it means Watson Brewer's house, uh, and Watson is her biological father, and then her stepmother is Christy's biological mother's mother. So when she's over there, then Christy's there, and David Michael is there, and in later books, Emily Michelle, um, Watson's adopted younger daughter, is there, and uh, and Christy's older brothers. So there's a lot of people, a lot of characters, but mostly Christy is is Karen's favorite person there. And because it's a Babysitter's Club tie-in, where it's pretty Christy-centric whenever she's over there. Anyway, Karen is obsessed with the neighbors, like, and she talks about, and I think these books, honestly, it may have been what introduced me to the concept of divorce. I don't know. Maybe I maybe I knew about it before, but like this was one of the first times, certainly, that I remember having a kid like explain what divorce is and like I have two families and but it's cool because I get to have two birthdays and I get to have two Christmases and I have two sets of all my stuff and this that was in the way that the babysitters club books always have that opening chapter of like and Christie is Christie's our president and da 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 
Karen would always have this opening chapter where she explains what divorce is and she explains how she has two of everything and like what the twos are. And she's, she says her favorite book is Jacob Tutu and she thinks she should be Karen Tutu because she has two of everything. Anyway, because she has two different houses, there's different rules at the two houses. And at Watson's house, one of the rules is no spying because she (laughs) is obsessed with spying on the neighbors. And Watson's like, you got to knock it off. But Karen's like, no, I got to know what's happening because our neighbor is a witch and her name is Morbidded Destiny. (laughs) And she is... She's a witch and her she has a black cat named Midnight and she's always gardening and picking herbs for her spells. And I just I gotta keep an eye on her to keep her from putting spells on me and you know, and I'm protecting our family from this witch. And she I forgot to say also, by the way, they um like how Raina Telgemeier adapted started adapting the Babysitters Club books into graphic novels. There are also little sister graphic novels at least this one is by adapted by katie farina i'm not sure if she kept it up because there's a lot of these also anyway i read this too and i was like i'm gonna do extra work be extra prepared i'm gonna read the wrong book twice for this (laughs) podcast anyway the graphic novel is really cute and she gives it's kind of in like a anime manga type style and they all just all have enormous eyes. And Karen has these really expressive eyebrows that just go over her bangs. And it's it's a really iconic look. And she is constantly like, her eyebrows are so furrowed whenever she watches The Witch because she's so concerned. It's really adorable. Anyway, another thing that Karen has two of us, she has two best friends. Her best friend at Watson's house is her neighbor there, Hanny, Hanny um, Papadopoulos. It's Papadakis. a great Papadakis. It's a Greek last name that confounded me as a child and as an adult. Sorry, Hanny. And then her other best friend is Nancy Dawes, who isn't in this one as much. And Nancy, by the way, and these books were really formative for me. I'm also pretty sure these books introduced me to the concept of Judaism because one of the best friends, I think it's Nancy, one of the best friends is Jewish. And so there's a book where Karen learns about Hanukkah with a friend. And I'm pretty sure that was the first time I heard of that, which again, I grew up in such a small town and we didn't have cable. Okay. Like, I'm I'm sorry. That's how I learned about things. Just from the babysitter's club. Anyway, Karen's witch. She's spying on the witch. She gets Hanny involved with the spying. And then she overhears that they're having a big meeting. And she's like, oh my gosh, this is like the witch meeting. There are going to be so many witches. It's going to be so powerful. They're going to cast a spell in the neighborhood. And Hanny, we have to go and stop them and we have to protect everyone from this big spell they're going to cast. And Hanny is like, I don't think that's a good idea. But Karen's like, no, Hanny just does whatever I tell her to. And Karen is just like such a forceful personality. And I love that for her. And so she convinces Hanny to go and they're like, and we'll cast a counter spell that we have made up and we'll throw herbs at them. And I do really like it's a very herb centered book. (laughs) <laughs> much like much like outlander and yet nothing at all like outlander so karen and hanny like th- first they ring the doorbell and morbid destiny like lets them into the house and she's like and karen's like we want to come to your party and she's like uh, okay i guess and then they go in and they confront them they're like we know that you're witches and we're here to stop you and they start trying to do their spell and then one of Karen's grandmothers is there and she's like, Karen, what are you talking about? This is the gardening club and you're being very rude and you need to apologize to, I, I don't remember Morbid Destiny's real name. I exclusively remember 
morbid a destiny. Porter, Mrs. something. I don't know what her first name is, but it's Porter mm. is the last name. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Mrs. Porter. She's like, apologize to Mrs. Porter, and I'm taking you home right now. And so she gets, like, dragged out to the gardening club meeting in shame. And then she goes, and here's what I really liked, is then Watson and her stepmom are like, Karen, that's really rude, and you have to write a note to apologize. And Karen's like, am I in big trouble? And they're like, well, you thought you were doing a good thing, and you thought you were being brave. And I really like liked that they were able to acknowledge that. That Karen, like in her mind, she really was going to be the hero and save them from this witch. And so they they aren't too strict with her. It's like, well, you were just trying to protect your family from this witch. But yeah. like, seriously, Karen, no more spying on the neighbor. And Karen's like, okay, I won't. And then in the narrative, she's like, I'll only spy on them when it's really important. And I'm just like, I love you, you weirdo. <laughs> but I, what what got me reading this as an adult was just like, imagine you're at your gardening club meeting and this like six-year-old blonde girl comes in and is like, you're a witch. That is my life goal. To like live my life in such a way that a neighbor child accuses me of witchcraft. <laughs> And like the whole time when the and Karen's grandma's like, I hope my friends don't laugh at me too much. Like, you know, this is really embarrassing. I'm like, no, this is awesome. And your friends are going to be like, this is awesome. You're not <laughs> wrong. It's so good. Anyway, that was Karen's witch. What happened in Karen's ghost? Okay, so Karen's ghost is so it's Halloween and Karen's very excited, sort of, but also scared. And she's excited because she loves ghosts and witches and things. But she also is very scared of ghosts and witches and things. But she wants to act like really brave. So it starts off with Christy babysitting her and she makes Christy read her a bunch of scary books. And Christy's like, are you sure you're going to be able to sleep tonight? And Karen's like, yeah, totally. Just don't forget to put my nightlight on and leave my door open a little bit. Which, first of all, Karen, huge mistake there. You cannot leave your door open. That's how they get in to get you. Everyone knows that. But- By the way, this is this also happens in Karen Witch, Karen's Witch, the same thing, where Christy reads her a witch book and she's like, you'll be scared. And then Christy lets Karen sleep in her bed. I'm like, Christy, you're a really good sister. Yeah. Good for you. So... Yeah, Christy, Christy, definitely a much better big sister than I would have been. But Karen also brings up the fact that there is a ghost that lives in the third floor of their house. And it is the ghost of her great grandfather, Ben Brewer. And this is something that I had like vaguely remembered from previous books, from having read, well, from having read these books, period, in my youth, but didn't remember it particularly well. But there are, from, from what Karen explains and and through conversations with Christy and Watson, her father, it becomes clear that Ben Brewer was a real person. There is a myth that he haunts the third floor of the house. And part of the reason is because their cat- I want to interject. Do you mean real person in the world of the book or do you mean like a real person? In the world of the book. Okay. Just check in. Yes. Um, And part of the reason why they think that he haunts the third floor is because none of the pets will go up to the third floor. Hmm. So Karen goes to school and finds out that they're because Halloween's on a Saturday this year, they are going to have a Halloween party at school on Friday. And as part of the Halloween party, all of the kids are going to be able to tell scary stories if they want. And her nemesis, Pamela Harding, is like, oh, well, I'm, I have the scariest story and I'm going to tell the best story so nobody else should even bother trying. And Karen's like, uh, actually, my story is going to be the scariest because it's real and it's about my house. And Pamela's like, uh, not no, because you're a baby. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and Karen, Karen has skipped a grade. I don't know if we've mentioned that already. Karen skipped first grade, I think, and is in second grade. So she is also like literally the youngest of her class as well and remarks in multiple of the books that sometimes that means that she has trouble remembering that she has to use her indoor voice (laughs) and not act out and other things that the kids who are a little bit older have already mastered. By the way, this was another reason I related to Karen. I didn't actually skip a grade, but because I have a summer birthday, like I was always the youngest in my grade um, and that's relatable. Yes. Uh, so Karen decides that she, in order to win this contest, she's going to learn the real story of Ben Brewer because they know some things. They know that he was haunted when he was alive by another ghost who came down through the chimney to that's haunt him. That's Santa Claus. <laughs> she, she knows. They know that he fried. He would go out to his yard. He was a recluse in his older years, and he would go out into his yard and pick the dandelions and fry them and eat them. And there's not very much else that's known about him. So she decides that she is going to, oh, it gets better. (laughs) Um, What an iconic legacy. (laughs) She's going to find out more about him. So when Christy is babysitting her, she's like, we have to go upstairs into Ben Brewer's room and find out more about his story so that I can tell it at school because I could just make it up but I I already told everyone it's going to be real and it would be scarier if it's real so Christy's like okay and this unlocked a memory for me I think that the ghost of Ben Brewer is actually in babysitter club books as well is referenced Mm. in them as well because Christie's also kind of freaked out by the concept of doing this. So they go up to the third floor and they go into this musty room and they're kind of like looking through his bookshelves and his cabinets and they find in the back of a drawer a diary that was written by Karen's grandfather, who was Ben Brewer's son. And the handwriting is old timey and cursive. So Christie has to read it to Karen and it takes a little while. And some of it starts to confirm, you know, some of the parts of the story they already heard. And then Christie reads a part to Karen about how Ben Brewer's birthday was Halloween. And every 10 years, he threw himself a haunted birthday party full of ghosts. Ooh, this is goals for you, Kate. I know. It really is. So he, she's like, oh my God, like, that's so scary. Like, is there anything else? And Christy's like, I don't know. It's hard to tell. But, you know, she takes the, she asks Karen, asks if she can take the note, the diary with her, because maybe if she tries really hard, she can read some of the cursive. So she asks her mom for more details about Ben Brewer and in the process scares the shit out of Andrew by being like, oh, my God, this will be a 10th year and we're going to spend Halloween at the big house. So there'll be a haunted ghost birthday party. And Andrew starts crying and her mom yells (laughs) at her and says, and this is what made me laugh, that, you know, you shouldn't tell stories you shouldn't tell tales like that karen ben brewer was a real man with a really tragic life and like none of those things are true except that he was a recluse and actually i do think that him frying dandelions and eating them was actually true but he was, he was a very sad old man and i could not stop laughing kate kate Remember the time when we got together and made all the stuff out of the Outlander cookbook? I do, yes, remember that. I, I think we should get together and fry some dandelions. Uh, so Karen goes to school and she tells the story of Ben Brewer um, and she has to embellish it a little bit because she doesn't have all of the secrets 
from the diary. Does she tell the kids about the dandelions? Yes. <laughs> I believe so. Because it is Good. a very important, oft-repeated part of the story. <laughs> um, and it scares all the people in the class, including <laughs> making one little girl cry. <laughs> and her teacher just kind of let it happen. And then she and her friends, they go to the big house and they've done a Wizard of Oz group costume that Pamela Harding was making fun of. Because she was like, well, me and my friends are doing grown-up costumes, like a stewardess and a punk rocker and a waitress. <laughs> Classic little kid costumes. And, you know, you guys are doing baby costumes, like the characters from the hit movie The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> it was very strange. Except for Hanny, who's going as a bride, and she's wearing the wedding dress that she wore when she married a boy named Scott who lives on their street. <laughs> I remember some of this. I must have read this a long time ago. I mean, obviously a long time ago. I'm, uh, well, continue. There was also, there's also a plot line in future books where Karen marries Ricky. No, but I, yeah, I, but I think I remember the Halloween costume thing. Yeah. I don't know why the dandelion part didn't stick with me. But I, <laughs> anyway, that's what I'm obviously fixated on now, but continue. As, as an adult. Um, yeah. But uh, so Karen is so excited about trick-or-treating at the big house that she forgets about the haunted birthday party until she's trying to sleep. Um, and she falls asleep and she wakes up in the middle of the night and she realizes that it's midnight, which means the haunted birthday party is happening. Which, technically, Karen, midnight on Halloween is technically the day after Halloween, but you're six, so I'll let it slide. <clears throat> but then she falls asleep while, like, she thinks she can smell a cake baking and, like, all of these things that she embellished about the story she thinks that she can hear and smell. So she's like, oh my god, like... It's really happening, but then she falls asleep, and when she wakes up, it's morning. But this is when- also part of Karen's Witch, where she thinks that she sees Morbid and Destiny flying on a broom, but then Christy was like, no, it was a dream, you were asleep. <laughs> so then she wakes up in the morning, and first of all, she sees that um, Ben Brewer's diary, which she had had Christy put back in Ben Brewer's room is on her desk and it's opened to some pages that were stuck together, which goes into detail about like his life and ghostliness or something. And then like when she goes downstairs and she asks around, like everyone claims that they have no idea what she's talking about. And then when she says, oh, but like the ghost, the the haunted birthday party happened last night and everyone kind of like blows her off. And then they have like explanations for all of the things that she heard which do sound very strange like she's like i could smell a cake baking and her stepmother's like oh well that was me i couldn't sleep so i got up in the middle of the night to bake a cake for emily michelle because she can count to 10 now Uh uh-huh sure um and all this stuff but like she knows that like this is what really happened and the thing that i an adult could not seem to figure out is if someone faked this whole journal and like left it for her to give her kind of a mystery or if the journal part is supposed to be real. And it could be granted that I read all three of the books that I read in about 90 minutes this afternoon. And I wasn't thinking very hard because also as we've previously established, we're all insane right now. (laughs) We are fully scrambled. Or if it was like intentionally vague or what. Because it it seems to be leaning towards like, oh, like someone left it there on purpose, but also it's never resolved and it's never clear. And like at first I thought maybe Christy had made it up, like the whole journal thing, but then that doesn't seem to follow through and make sense either. So who knows? 
Yeah, I I didn't read this book, so I can't comment, but I I can say that doesn't sound like Christy. <laughs> so that was Karen's ghost. <laughs> All right. We also, we both did read Karen's Kitty Cat Club, which first of all, I do want to say good job to them for spelling club with a C because it could have gone, because they did spell cat with a K. That's all. It's Kitty Cat Club. I like this one a lot on reread. Like, obviously, obviously I'm a cat lady. It's not a secret. But I, I did really like this and i thought it was smart for you know this girl who's growing up in the shadow of the babysitter's club to be like i want to start a club i want to be just like christy and and so what it is is she starts a kitty cat club with her one best friend hanny who has a cat and then this other girl amanda who also lives in that neighborhood by by watson's house and they both have cats but Amanda and Hanny don't really like each other. Like, they're each separately friends with Karen, but not friends with each other. And Hanny thinks that Amanda is a snob, and I think that Hanny is right about that. Yes. Uh, and Amanda has this, like, purebred Persian cat who costs $400, and she won't stop telling people that her cat costs $400. And Hanny has, like, a normal-ass kitten from the shelter. And Karen just has, like the Brewer family's fat old cat, Boo-Boo, who, you know, the other cats are, like, cute and they'll play, and Boo-Boo's just, like, kind of a mean fat cat. And I love that and respect that. (laughs) But Karen's like, okay, we're going to start a club, and we all have to meet in my room at this time, and we have to meet at this time, and I have to bring your cat to the meeting. And they're like, why? And she's like, because it's cat club, obviously bring your cats. And of course, like the other cats don't like being brought into a different house and they're fighting and it's a bad idea to bring your cats to another location as Karen quickly learns. And they're like, what's the point of cat club? And she's like, oh, I didn't really think this through. And she's kind of like, is it to like learn about cats or what? And then she she thinks more about the babysitters club and she's like, aha, we'll be cat sitters. And just like how the babysitters club, you know, watches children will be just like the babysitter's club and we'll watch other people's cats when they have to go to town and we'll make so much money and it'll be so cool just like the babysitter's club and then they're sort of skeptical and she's like okay we'll have another meeting tomorrow and talk about it then and then she goes and is like christy tell me everything about running the babysitter's club and christy like gives this spiel that would be familiar to anyone who's read a babysitter's club book and karen's like okay so we need to have officers and we need to make flyers and that's like kind of her main takeaway. Yeah. So she and it is it is very funny because as you're reading it, I read this one first and it goes into a very familiar babysitter's club like chapter two sort of thing where it's like my older sister Christy started this great thing called the babysitter's club and kind of like outlines it and then goes into more detail when she talks to Christy. And I was like, am I misremembering it? Does every little sister book also have a babysitter's club chapter? (laughs) In addition to the, my name is Karen and I have two of everything for this reason of the chapter two of the little sister books. And the answer is no, it was just this one because it was about this club. So they, she has the next meeting and, you know, she says, we're going to be off. We need to figure out officers. And she says, I think I should be the president because I came up with the idea. And they're like, well, why don't we vote? So they go to vote for um, president, vice president and secretary. And all of them vote for themselves for all three roles. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So then they decide to pull the names out of a hat and, 
Amanda no, ends Amanda, up president, yes, president. And Karen is vice president and Hanny is secretary. And Karen's mad because it's at her house and it was her idea and she should be the president. And Hanny's mad because she thinks secretary is dumb. But they're like, no, like we're gonna we're gonna do this, and this is just how it has to be. Mm-hmm. And they also get permission that they can have them the phone calls come to Hanny's house because they can only meet every other week on the days that Karen's at the big house. So it's not like Claudia with her own dedicated phone line who mm-hmm. anyone can call that number and they'll get Claudia. Mm-hmm. It's everyone has to call Hanny's house and ask for Hanny. So every day at school, Karen goes to ask Hanny if she has gotten any phone calls for cat sitting jobs yet. And Hanny's like, no, we haven't. And Karen's other best friend, Nancy Dawes, is like, well, what, what's all this about? And Karen's like, oh, I made a kitty cat club and it is great. And it is like, we are going to cat sit for people and it's going to be excellent. And Nancy's like, oh, well, can I be a member? And Karen's like, no, you don't have a cat, so you can't be a member. And Nancy's like, well, why do I have to be a, have a cat to be a member? I like cats and I could cat sit too. And Karen doesn't have a good answer for this. Mm-hmm. But she doubles down on the like, no, you don't have a cat, so you can't be a member of this club. And Nancy is very upset about this. Um, and days go on and on and on. And no one calls. And Karen is upset every day that like this isn't working out. And both Christy and both of her parents kind of gently had been like, you know, all clubs don't work out this way. And most small businesses fail. And Karen's like, no, no, no. Like mine's going to be great, though. Mm-hmm. And then finally, someone calls Hanny's house, uh, and it's someone from their neighborhood. So Karen gets her mother to drive her over to meet this woman and, you know, talk about having her cat sitting job. And she knocks on the door and it is an old lady who needs a very, who needs a stronger glasses prescription and is very confused when Karen shows up until she explains that she's from the kitty cat club. And this woman says, oh, well, I thought this flyer said that your names were, and it's all like garbled versions of their actual names and that you were 15, 16 and 17. And she's like, well, no. We're or six, six, 16, 17, and 18. And she's like, well, no, our names are this. And we're six, seven, and eight. And the woman's like, oh, okay. I don't need a cat sitter anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And then Karen is upset and she talks to Christy. And she's like, that woman thought we were too young to be cat sitters. And Christy's kind of like, yeah, yeah. I think other people might think that too. And Karen's like, well, why didn't you tell me so earlier? And Christy's like, well, I just kind of thought it would be a good experience for you to, like, find that out on your own. And then she's like, anyway, what would you have done if I said, oh, you're too young to start the kitty cat club? And Karen's like, I would have done it anyway. And Christy's like, yeah, you would have. Um, so they decide that they're going to disband the kitty cat club and Karen's very upset about this, but it feels like the right thing to do. Cause Christy explains to her, some people have clubs that are more like businesses to make money, like the babysitters club. Some people have clubs where they just do fun things together. Uh, and some people have clubs where they like go out and they help other people. So there's lots of different types of clubs and your mm-hmm. club doesn't have to be a business like the babysitters club. By the way, are there any other clubs that are business? I, I don't believe so. I mean, well, I mean, I guess something like a, a Kiwanis club is maybe like a combination of a business and a charity club. I mean, is, is, I, I don't know enough about Kiwanis club to know if they do business too. 
Well, I mean, they make money. I guess they just... Anyway, this is not the point. I was just sort of processing this now. Like, wait, what are the other clubs that are also businesses? Yes. Uh, only the Baby Stars Club, perhaps. <laughs> um. So Karen decides to disband the Kitty Cat Club, and they come up with a ritual that will unmake them president, vice president, and secretary so the club can be disbanded. And instead uh, decides that she's going to start a club for fun with Nancy. And it's going to be called the Fun Club, where Mm -hmm. you just do fun things. And they have the first meeting at the Little House. And eight, seven other girls come over. And Andrew Mm -hmm. was there, too. And he was going to join the club. But then he was like, no, I don't want to hang out with eight girls. This is stupid. Mm -hmm. So he leaves the club. And one and one of the girls is Nancy, and friendship is repaired because briefly they have a formal best friends breakup because Nancy's so hurt about not being able to come to the club, yes. and Karen's so frustrated that Nancy doesn't understand that you have to have a cat to be in Kitty Cat Club. Yes, the, the first rule of Kitty Cat Club is you have to have a cat. Apparently, mm-hmm. although it's never clear why. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first meeting of the fun club goes really well and they decide to put on a play and then they decide to make puppets and it's so great and they have a great time and they tell jokes and the day is saved by their fun club, which isn't a business. Hooray. Yeah. And there's just so many small details that are so related. Like this idea of constantly wanting to start a new club and start a new business. Like this was definitely like me and my friends at recess just constantly like, Oh, now like, you know, now we're a a book club and now we're this club and now we're like Oregon trail club. And just, I don't, there's just something really like satisfying and relatable about this. Yeah. And, and I love again, like talking, we've mentioned this with babysitters club too. There's these like life lessons where I'm reading it as an adult. I'm like, yeah, that is true. Where like, she kind of has to learn that, not all your friends have to be friends with each other and yes they don't have to and they won't be and like you can't make amanda and hanny be friends with each other if they're if you know you can't make it happen yeah and i mean first of all amanda doesn't seem like a very good person to be friends with anyway uh but secondly yeah like that is definitely a lesson that i feel like so many people i know and myself too sometimes you know really need to learn and i think we were actually talking about that in the um the live episode we did with Rachel Hollis's new book that like, sometimes you have to learn that like you need to experience things on your own and you can't bring everyone along for the ride with you every time. Yeah. Karen's like, Nancy, you didn't go on this juice cleanse. Like (laughs) that's not your journey right now. Yeah. Yeah. Why do we waste our time with Rachel Hollis? when We could have just been reading babysitters club little sister this whole time. I don't know. And you know what? Karen Brewer probably knows more about divorce than Rachel Hollis does. Uh, you're probably right. <laughs> more, more about a, a healthy, communicative divorce, anyway. Yes. There's a point. Is it in? No, it was in the. It was in the Karen's Ghost book where she wants to. When she's trying to learn more about Ben Brewer, I think it was in the Ben in the Karen's Ghost book. She says to her mom, "Like, mom, can I ask you a question?" And she's like, "Sure." She's like, "Remember when you were married to dad?" And she's like yeah and karen's like oh like i I could tell she was upset that i was asking this question but that's because sometimes i ask her to marry dad again and she doesn't like it when i ask that but i have a much more important agenda right now and it is to ask her questions about the ghost of ben brewer who haunts the house that we used to live in 
Uh, iconic. All right. And then last up, we did read... All right, was there anything else more to say? Mm. No, we pretty much wrapped up Kitty Cat Club. Yeah. I guess the one other thing I want to say is that Kit Cat Club is from Cabaret, and that's a challenging synergy. But, <laughs> but completely different and separate entities. Yes. Uh, the last one that we read was actually the Babysitter's Club... Little Sister, super special number two, Karen's Plane Trip, which I started talking about at the very beginning because of me receiving it prior to my second ever plane trip, but in my memory, my first plane trip. Yes, and it it is very interesting to me that this book is called Karen's Plane Trip and not Karen's Farm, because Karen's time on the plane takes up about six pages total, and her time on the farm takes up about 120 pages. Right? Yeah, but at the same time, I do think this is a good, well, I mean, now it wouldn't necessarily be as relatable because there's a part where they get to the airport a whole hour early and Karen's like, what are we going to do for a whole hour? And they don't talk about having to go through security like, because it's from 1991 and you could just like fucking roll up at the airport. No problem. Yeah. But, you, you know, just the kind of the process of like, and I met the stewardess and I tried to pay for my lunch, which she's like, no, it's free to eat on a plane, which actually, I guess, also isn't relatable anymore unless you're taking an international flight. Ugh. But just, you know. Sorry, just now the, I'm just sad about air travel. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, in 1991, it was pretty good. I guess. But, you know, just kind of going through and there's a lot of like experiences. I think these are good at these books are good at introducing or like reframing for for kids around this age. And one of them is is the plane trip, even though, again, it's not very much of the story is the plane trip. More of it is like where she flew to, which is Nebraska, which is where her grandparents. These grandparents are her stepfather's parents. Right. Yes. And it seems like she doesn't know them very well. And her younger brother, Andrew, didn't come, I guess, because he's too young, but they don't really explicitly say. They're just like, yeah, Karen's going to visit her grandparents by herself for two weeks. Bye. Yeah. And it's it, the thing that like made me scratch my. So she, she goes on the, this trip. She dresses very fancy for the plane. Uh, mm-hmm. And she's going to Nebraska to the farm where her grandparents live. And when they pick her up, from the airport, she's very excited to see them. And then they go out to their car and it's a pickup truck. And she's like, oh, like, I guess your car is at the shop or something. And she's like, no, this is, they're like, no, this is our car. It's this truck. And she's mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. And then she's she finds out that they don't have television at their house and that they don't have air conditioning at their house and that they like don't have an alarm clock at their house because they just wake up when the rooster crows and they work all day. And she's like terrified. Karen is too suburban for this shit. Yeah. As, as much as the book prepares Karen for the plane, it doesn't feel like her parents prepared her for the farm. Like at all. Yeah. She makes a comment that like the only thing she's only packed like one pair of pants. Mm. She packed like all fancy clothes and, at the beginning, her mom's like, oh, like, you want me to help you pack? And she's like, oh, no, like, I'm going to pack myself because I'm a big kid. But also, like, who lets their fucking six-year-old pack for a two-week trip to a farm and doesn't even, like, subtly check their bag before they leave? I'm telling you, the, the adults of Stony Brook are all irresponsible, and this is why 13-year-olds run this town, <laughs> is because no adult is competent, not even, you know, Karen's 
parents seem overall fine, but what are you doing? And I, yeah, it opens with her packing and it is a pretty funny scene because she is going through and she's like, obviously I have to pack my roller skates. Obviously I need to pack the board game Monopoly. And then she's (laughs) like, oh, actually now my suitcase doesn't zip. I guess I probably don't need the roller skates. And like, yeah, it's a funny scene and you can definitely see like a kid prioritizing and then being like oh i guess clothes there is there is a part when her mom is like do you want me to help and karen's like no and mom's like did you remember underwear and pajamas and karen's like oops no but then yeah then mom never comes to follow up and be like you did the underwear and socks right or like no yeah like she she has packed all like party dresses and the very first day, because, like, she has cottoned on to the fact that her grandparents are going to want her to work on the farm, she dresses in one of her party dresses and comes downstairs and hopes that maybe if she's dressed in this party dress, her grandparents will feel bad about making her, like, do work, do chores at the farm. But they're just like, oh, better go change into pants before you do your chores. Mm-hmm. And again, I really like this. I do think there is something so, like authentically kind of self-centered and chaotic about Karen's worldview where like, yeah, of course, if I put on a dress and I have trapped my grandparents into not making me work on the farm, checkmate. <laughs> like, you know, like I buy it and I love it. Yes. But her grandparents don't. And they're like, go put on pants and you have to work on the farm. And she, the first night she's very upset and she like calls her parents, but her parent, her grandparents don't even have a cordless phone. So to have a private conversation with her parents, she has to take the phone into the closet where she's like, oh my God, like this is terrible. They don't have TV. Please come pick me up. And her parents are like, no, but within they're like, well, we, even if we let you come home, we couldn't do it tonight anyway, because there's no more planes. So why don't you just hang in there and see what happens? Uh, so mm-hmm. then her parent, her grandparents take her on a tour of the farm and she like sort of kind of gets into it and she's like, okay, like maybe this isn't the worst thing in the world, but they do introduce her to, they're like, uh, when they're driving back to their farm, they're like, oh, and there's a little girl who lives down the road and her name is Tia. And like, you know, she's really excited to meet you. And the first day Tia comes over and is like, hi, I'm Tia. And the first day Tia comes over and Karen's like, and then this like little boy showed up. And then I realized it wasn't a boy. It was a little girl, but she had short hair and she was wearing boy clothes and had a boy bike. And that was just really weird to me. So I kind of blew her off. Yes. It's yeah. It's Karen's first gender roles. And I, <laughs> I also think this is the first time I learned about the concept of a boy bike and a girl bike. Like I remember asking my parents like, what's the difference? And I still don't think I can fully articulate it. They're like, oh, like a girl bike has a bar here and a boy bike doesn't or the opposite. But we didn't really have that concept because like my brother fully just had my hand-me-down bike. Like my brother had a girl bike because he is a feminist icon. (laughs) And also because I don't know what are my parents going to do, buy a separate bike for him when there was perfectly a bike already there? No. The idea is that the the girl bike bar goes down at an angle so that the skirt can hang. What? Who's riding a bike in a skirt? Old-timey people. I mean, I'm not riding like a penny farthing. God. Yeah, like if Seriously, you look at- it's for a skirt? 
I mean that that is my assumption. I, I I believe that that's what I'm taught. I'm was taught. I'm not sure if it's correct, but if you look at a bike frame and there's a bar that goes just directly straight across from the handlebars to the seat, that's like a boy bike. But if it comes down at like kind of an angle or like swoops down at an angle, that's a girl bike because that's so there's like room for skirts to hang. I guess I could be pulling this out of my ass. That is how I recall being taught and how I remember it but also gender's fake so gender's fake i have googled boy girl bike difference this feels very important to resolve now <laughs> the design for male and female bicycles vary yeah i know what is the oh my god is this a slideshow tell me okay the frame male and female oriented bicycle designs do vary to conform to a comfortable fit this is so i've clicked on a bad link oh no you're right the purpose behind this stems from older traditions. In general, it was not considered that men would wear dresses or skirts, although in more... This is written so badly. Although in more modern times, women have adopted pants. Yeah. For this tradition... For this purpose, the tradition of designing the frame with a higher crossbar has... This is written so badly, I'm going to stop. But basically, yeah, it's saying because of dress and skirt. Oh, but then it also says this was not the only practical reason for the change in design. Men tend to weigh more than women, so in most cases, it required bicycle manufacturers to build a frame that would support a heavier person. Thus, manufacturers constructed a reinforced frame that used a higher crossbar. Okay. Anyway, I clicked on a bad link, but that's basically why. And Tia has a boy bike, and good for her, icon. (laughs) So, so yeah, Karen, though, like over the course of the day, she kind of adjusts to the farm and she even starts to like it. And her grandparents let her help tend to the vegetable garden while she's there and like pick the vegetables at night to help make a salad. And uh, her grandmother on a rainy day teaches her how to knit, which she's always wanted to do, but thought she was too little to do. And her grandmother's like, no, no, no. I learned to knit when I was six. So you're fine. Uh, and teaches her how to knit. Tia comes over a different day and Karen's like, oh, okay, like maybe despite all of these weird quote unquote boyish traits, she's pretty cool. And Tia teaches her how to make her own board games. (laughs) Which is handy because she didn't pack Monopoly. Yes. Uh, So they make board games together. This also was inspirational to me. I definitely went through a phase of like inventing board games based on Tia's teachings which never actually were that fun. But the act of making them was satisfying. Um, and I, I mean, that's that's mostly what and, else? Yeah, it's just kind of uh, some baby chicks hatch. Oh, she and Tia start a vegetable stand where they part, They sit at the end of the driveway and try to sell vegetables. And her grandma's like, not many people drive by here. But somebody does stop and they sell like four ears of corn or something. It's like not very successful. And this I found very relatable because where I grew up, it was so rural. Like this mapped my experience where like in Babysitter's Club and stuff like that. And a lot of other media kids live in towns where like you have a lemonade stand and people walk by and you have neighbors and you start Babysitter's Club with them. And like, all. and I was like, this is not realistic. Children grew up in isolation surrounded by... <laughs> surrounded by corn nearest nearest neighbor is miles away this is a universal experience and so this book i was like yeah this is what it's like 
Although we we didn't even grow up. I didn't grow up on a working farm. We grew up on an old farmhouse that was surrounded by other working farms. So like we were surrounded by cornfields, but like we we didn't own any of those fields. We just sort of like we were in other people's fields, basically. But the, it, you know, it was very rural. But I I would. Also, again, inspired by this and just, you know, by like the lemonade stand idea or whatever, I definitely would set up a table at the end of the driveway and be like, I'm going to sell tomatoes from the garden. And my mom was like, okay, whatever. And no one stopped because no one was around. And I felt satisfied with that experience. (laughs) And there's also like, Tia keeps trying to explain to Karen, like, also, no one's going to buy vegetables from us because everyone has their own vegetable gardens and we, everyone lives on farms. But Karen's grandmother keeps, like, shushing her. Yeah. Because she wants Karen to be able to, like, have this experience, which is very sweet, but also very funny. Because it happens, like, three times. She's like, yeah, and everyone has their own. And I wonder, now this is a conspiracy theory that is not explicitly in the text. Did grandma just call her friend and be like, can you come over? Oh, maybe. I mean, like, Karen didn't pick up on it, if that's the case. But I kind of wonder if that's what it was. Yeah, so I don't know. This book just like really, I really holds a special place in my reading history, in my memory. And th- thank you for going on this journey with me, Kate and listeners. Happy to do so. So that's all the books that we read, right? That's all the books that we read, <laughs> including including our extra um, side quest that I yes. embarked on. Well, I mean, it it was less a side quest that you embarked on and more that we reached a fork in the road. (laughs) Yeah. I yeah, yeah. Or like you were on the main I took the road less traveled. Like I know there's only two of us, so they're equally traveled, but But it did make all the difference. It did make all the difference. Uh, Well, I mean, these books are so short. They're such quick reads, but I really do. I'm glad these are getting the graphic novel treatment because I think all the things that we've kind of said about Babysitter's Club, well, not all of them. Like one thing that we have talked about in Babysitter's Club is how they are diverse and we have this like rotating cast and the Little Sister books are only Karen's POV. Like she does have her friends who are other recurring characters, but it's never like Nancy's book or whatever. But, you know, again, even so, like, Amy was talking about how they didn't introduce a Jewish babysitter until really far in the run, but Karen's friend Nancy was Jewish, and that that did come up in books, that it was mentioned, like, like I mentioned earlier, but that was, again, I really think the first time I maybe encountered Judaism. There was also, too, another spinoff series called The Kids in Mrs. Coleman's Class, which was about the kids that obviously were in school with Karen in the second grade at Stony Brook Academy. I never read any of – I might have read one or two of them. I don't know how many there were, but I do believe those had a similar Babysitter's Club point of view shifting dealio. I I vaguely remember hearing about these, yeah, but I think they started after I had already been sort of like – Force graduated from Little Sister, so I definitely didn't read any of those. Cool. All right. Well, let's move on and do our our dramatic readings and just give you give you guys a little taste of the Little Sisters. And I'm gonna start with a little bit from Karen's Witch. So this is when Karen and Hanny have gone to confront the witches. Some of the witches stopped talking and looked at me, but most of them didn't pay any attention. Ahem, 
Ahem, I said again. A few more stopped talking. Then more and more. The room was silent. Everyone was looking at me. Well, I think they were all looking at me. I couldn't see some of the ones in the back of the room. Hanny was looking at me too. Her look said, well, now what are you going to do? I wasn't sure what I was going to do. I wanted to run out of that room and never think about witches again. But it was a little late for that. Excuse me, I said in a timid voice. I want to speak up, called the man's voice. Can't hear you. I want to say something. I tried to talk more loudly. My name is, um, is Karen, Hanny whispered. Oh yeah, it's Karen. And, and this is my friend Hanny. We know your secret. We know your witches and warlocks. My voice was just trailing away. Everyone was staring at me. All those witch eyes and warlock eyes. I hadn't been so scared in my whole life. The people just kept staring at us. Finally, one man said, What? It sounded like an explosion. Hanny began to cry. I felt like crying myself. More voices were murmuring, but then a couple of the witches laughed. No, really, I said. I stood first on one foot, then on the other. We we know the truth, and Hanny and I have come to... to... Well, if you try to do anything to our neighborhood, well, well, I couldn't think of anything to say. And Hanny was just standing there crying. We, um, well, um, we might tell our parents. So I could feel my eyes filling with tears. More people were laughing. The others were just mad. Karen. And then, and then they tried to do their spell. And then Kara's grandma is like, you are grounded. (laughs) But you like you can see like she really thinks they're witches. She's trying. I, love I can't her. believe people were mad. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Maybe she just perceived them as being mad. Maybe. Um, so I am gonna read from Karen's Ghost two short sections. Um, the first is Karen telling her version of the story of Ben Brewer. When nobody else had a story to tell, it was my turn. I stood up in front of the class and cleared my throat. In my house, I began, we have a ghost. Pamela rolled her eyes. His name is Ben Brewer, and he was my great-grandfather. His birthday was on Halloween. Natalie stared at me. She looked terrified. Pamela yawned. Before Ben became a ghost himself, I continued, he was haunted by another ghost. Pamela looked at her watch. I ignored her. Ben Brewer used to just be a normal person. When he was young, he got married. He and his wife had a baby. It was a boy and they named him Jeremy. Jeremy was my grandfather. This is boring, I heard Pamela whisper to Natalie. Then something very sad happened, I said. Ben's wife died. A few years later, Jeremy got married. So Ben was all alone in our big house. He became a recluse. He never left the house except to get dandelions so he could fry them and eat them. Then, one rainy night, Ben was sitting in his bedroom and the ghost appeared. He came down the chimney. 
Ben screamed. Natalie Springer screamed too. (laughs) The ghost said to Ben, I am going to haunt you. I am going to haunt you for the rest of your life. Pamela was staring at me. She had stopped whispering and fidgeting. Finally, Ben grew very old and he died too, I said. But he stayed in our house as a ghost. He decided that now he was going to give himself a haunted birthday party. But just once every 10 years. He did not want to overdo things. So you know what happens on his birthday? I went on. This clock that never works chimes every hour. By this time, Pamela was looking very scared. And ghosts fly around the third floor and you can hear the sounds of a party and smell a birthday cake baking. Natalie began to cry. When she cries, she snorts. And the rest of the kids in my class looked terrified. Miss Coleman said, well, Karen, thank you very much. (laughs) Uh, And then the other one is Karen, the actual story of Ben Brewer. I leaped out of bed. Hooray, I shouted. And that was when I saw it. Jeremy Brewer's diary. It was lying right on my bureau. It had not been there the night before. When I came to the big house for Halloween, I had asked Daddy to put the diary back in Ben's room. And now it was in my room. I peered at the diary. It was open. It was open to some pages that were stuck together. Very carefully, I unstuck them. Christy could not have read these pages. So I decided to. I sat on my bed. I read the cursive slowly. I was getting better at it. Guess what? Somehow, Jeremy had learned the whole story, the true story, about his father. And this is the story. When Ben was nine years old, he had a fight with his best friend, Edward Porter. Porter, I thought, was Edward someone in Morbida Destiny's family? (laughs) Anyway, during the fight, Ben told Edward that he couldn't come to his 10th birthday party. Right after the fight, Edward disappeared. He was never found. A lot of people thought he had drowned. That made sense because Jeremy wrote that the ghost who haunted Ben was named Edward and that he was always wet. I had never heard that story. Anyway, Edward haunted Ben because he was mad at him. He still wanted to go to the birthday party, and he told Ben that he would make Ben a ghost after he died. Finally, Ben did die, and Edward kept his promise to Ben. He made him a ghost, and he made him throw a ghost birthday party so they could go and have fun. Now he makes Ben do that every 10 years, and that's the whole story. I love that. (laughs) I love that for them. (sighs) All right. And one last little dramatic reading from Karen's plane trip. This is just how we meet gender nonconforming icon Tia. Hi, called the voice as Granny and Granddad and I left the brooder house. Hello, Tia, replied Granddad. Karen, look who's here. I could not believe that the person standing in front of me was a girl. Her hair was cut very short. She is wearing overalls and a white shirt and she was holding a boy's bike. I knew that Granny and Grandan wanted me to be nice, so I said hello to Tia, too. Is that your brother's bike? I asked her. Tia shook her head. Nope, I don't have any brothers or sisters. So how come she rode a boy's bicycle? I decided Tia was weird. Well, gotta go, I said. I could tell that it was going to be a long vacation. 
What a imagine receiving this conversation. <laughs> Hi, is that your brother's bike? <laughs> Gotta go. <laughs> But I also, I also do feel like that's kind of true of like young kids. They are awkward. Yes. As are adults. But, you know, sometimes we get better. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> rarely. It's, you know, like not when it's 11 o'clock at night and a million degrees. No. But sometimes. <laughs> All right. Now it's time for Reader's Advisory. Well, we'll, We will suggest some things to read instead of or in addition to Babysitter's Club Little Sister. Like I said, there are graphic novel adaptations of these, and I think those are a great choice for for the little guys and little gals, little beings in your life. I have to admit, I didn't do my part of the homework for this part of the podcast this time. Mm. I don't... I have some, but I'll tell you, this is really an age group that I'm not that familiar with, and whenever anyone asks me for suggestions for, like, you know, early chapter readers crowd... They're generally books that are, you know, a middle grade or a Y that can be good for an adult to get down with. These early chapter readers, they're generally not that fun for an adult to read by yourself. Like their whole point is they're like pretty easy to support an emerging reader. Anyway, so whenever people ask me for that, I usually just Google like diverse early chapter readers. And then I'm like, yeah, here, here's some that, uh, you know, that the Seattle Public Library or the american library association said we're good they're probably good so honestly i'm just gonna paste some of those into the document i'm not gonna pretend like i've read all of these i will say i have read and we did mention this last time the Silla lee jenkins book by books plural by a friend of the show susan tan they're really fun they're sweet they're um maybe a little older than than the, for kids a little bit older than karen but like you know they're kind of a good early reader book yeah, uh, read the. Um, I I concur that those are good books, and I would also reiterate that uh, the portrayal of Karen in the Babysitters Club Netflix show was incredibly mm. on point. Yes, yeah. Just watch TV, watch Babysitters Club Netflix. It's hot. And Why do you want to think words with brains? On we I, we absolutely don't. Yeah, if you want more books like this, I'll put some at our website worstbestsellers dot com, but. You really probably only want them if you have a kid about this age. I don't recommend them really for adults to read on their own, mostly. Yes. But you know what I do recommend is playing a round of Would You Rather. Kate, would you rather read Karen's Witch or read Karen's Ghost? <laughs> well, I have to say, <laughs> I do think I already played this one out. Um <laughs> You know, like, I, I given given the choice between witches and ghosts, I'm usually more likely to choose a ghost, which is why when we were picking books to read for this episode, I looked at the titles and said we should read Karen's Ghost. So, Karen's Ghost. You know, it's tough for me, because I do like ghosts, and I do like, but I guess I like witches more, which is why I subconsciously remember that we picked Karen's Witch. <laughs> I guess I'd rather read that one. I am very taken with the fried dandelion concept, but Karen's Witch does kind of slap. So <laughs> I'm, I'm content with my choice. <laughs> How about, you know, I wrote this question before I realized, I 
I revised that first one, but the second question I pre-wrote before I realized my error. So I will It's a good one, though. I'll continue to ask, would you rather be a member of a gardening club or a coven? See, I do have an answer for this, which is that I kind of desperately want to be a plant lesbian. Mm-hmm. I I really do want to be a plant queer. I, I tried multiple times during quarantine to become that person, but I just... It just does not work for me. I just cannot keep plants alive. But I am into witchy things. So I do think I uh, would rather be in a coven. Extremely same. Gardening. I like the, uh, I like gardening as a metaphor. But every <laughs> step, uh, like, I'm not interested in growing an actual plant and the actual ground. No, thanks. I left the farm that wasn't even really a farm <laughs> to live in a live in an urban area where I do not have a yard. And that's fucking great. Uh, okay. So I'll see you at the next coven meeting. Excellent. Um, finally, I will ask, would you rather eat fried dandelions or eat at steaks and cakes, which as you know, Kate is the fictional restaurant from Christian Mingle, the movie that serves only steaks and cakes. While I am excited about the idea of fried dandelions and the concept of them as a whole, I just don't, I feel like I'm an adult woman and it would take a lot of dandelions to satisfy me. So I'd much (laughs) rather go to Steaks and Cakes where I can have a whole steak and a whole cake and no sides or desserts or other desserts or, uh, you know, drinks or anything. I feel like that's much more my speed. Yes, maybe we can tailgate in the parking lot of Steaks and Cakes and like pull up the dandelions at the edge of the parking lot. Yeah. Fry them. Pre-game, pre-game Steaks and Cakes. (laughs) But yeah, definitely then I will see you at Steaks and Cakes for a cake. Uh, All right, now it's time for the Rock, Paper, Snicked, where Kate will say who Dwayne The Rock Johnson would be if he were in one of these books, and I'll say who Wolverine would be if he were in one of these books. And then since we don't have a guest to decide, we will both win this game. Uh, Sounds great. great. (laughs) Um, So if The Rock were in this book, and the book in particular was Karen's Ghost, The Rock would be the one who secretly put Jeremy Brewer's diary in Karen's room. Just because, I guess. Yeah. If Wolverine were in this book, I definitely have mentioned before Laura Kinney, who's the younger clone of Wolverine. Laura herself has a younger clone named Gabrielle, a.k.a. Honey Badger, who also has a literal Wolverine named Jonathan. And so I think that Honey Badger and Jonathan would try to join the Kitty Cat Club as like a child and pet pair. But Karen would be like, no, Jonathan is a badger and that's not a cat and you actually can't join the Kitty Cat Club. Um, But they would still be friends anyway. I think Honey Badger would come back for the fun club. And that would be really good socialization for her because she did grow up in like a government cloning facility. So yeah, it's a good change of pace. Got to get that FaceTime with other kids. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and and Jonathan the Badger the or the Wolverine would would enjoy it too. I think. Mm-hmm. All right, wow, we I can't believe we both won. Um, and that's great because I think honestly at this point we both really could use a win, just, <laughs> <laughs> just like in our lives. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Speaking of winners, it's time for Duarte's corner. Where my cat Duarte will give his opinions on the book. Yeah, Georgia, I know this is a mixed bag because these books definitely had plenty of cat representation, which I know is a big thing for you. But I also know that it was really concerning to you, this idea that I might 
make you go to a club meeting with other cats. And I, I wouldn't do that to you, Duarte. I understand that you are a, a solitary alpha cat. Yeah. And I, I do think it would be, it would give the cats more agency if the kitty cat club book was from their perspective. So you could see how they really thought, uh, how they really felt about the kitty cat club. But, you know, I think that's going to have to be a spinoff of a spinoff, you know, like somebody's got to write babysitters, little sisters, pet cat. Yeah. The cats in Karen Brewer's room. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would read that. Um, Duarte, thank you again for joining me. Uh, joining us. Sorry, Kate, I didn't mean to exclude you. I'm just very scrambled. I mean, you are you are technically, he has technically joined you in your part of the recording area. Uh, he's yeah. not here. That'd be bad if he were here because it's so stuffy in here that the added cat dander probably would make me even more miserable. Oh, no. Yeah, I, that's true. I was looking directly at Duarte, who's sitting a foot away from me and licking himself as I record this. So, Duarte, thank you for sharing your bath time with me. And Kate, do you have any closing thoughts about the Little Sister series? Um, no. I it's <laughs> I I'm glad I'm glad they exist. I'm glad they're also getting a graphic novel treatment. It was a delight to revisit them with you. Yes. Uh, same, same, same to all that. She's so good in the Netflix series. Uh, and let's let's wrap this up so we can turn our fans back on. I am I so say. excited. <laughs> so if you would like to join us on social media, we are on Facebook and Instagram at Worst Bestsellers spelled normally. And we are on Twitter at Worst Bestseller with no S because... Uh, cause we're only in first grade and we don't know how to pluralize things on Twitter, <laughs> I guess. Uh, we also have a Goodreads group, best access by going to worstbestsellers.com and clicking on the Goodreads link. You can find us on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, all the places where there are podcasts. Uh, and if you do find us on one of those platforms, which I imagine you already have, if you're listening to this right now, uh, we would love if you would rate and review us. When you rate and review, it moves us up on the charts and makes it easier for new listeners to find us. Uh, if you don't rate and review us, we will ask Morbida Destiny and her coven to put a curse on you. And no one wants that to happen. I kind of do. <laughs> you, can, <laughs> you can also pledge to us on Patreon at patreon.com slash worst bestsellers. Patreon is a service where you pledge a small monthly recurring donation that goes to us to do things like pay for our podcast editing software, pay for our web hosting, buy these little sister books when we have to get them at short notice so that we can read them before a podcast, all sorts <laughs> of different things. And in return, there are perks for you like a monthly newsletter and postcards and stickers in the mail and all sorts of other stuff that you can find by going to patreon.com slash worst bestsellers. Uh, additionally, we, <laughs> we have merch available. If you go to worstbestsellers.com and click on merch, you'll find our merch store with all sorts of designs so you can wear our podcast on your body. Finally, we do have a Discord server where you can chat with like-minded fans about episodes, uh, Twilight-adjacent things, whatever you're watching on television, how good Legends of Tomorrow is, and all sorts of other really random thoughts that you might have. And you can find that by also going to WorstBestSellers.com and clicking on the link for Discord. Yeah. 
Um, we, oh, if you want me personally on Twitter, I'm at Renata Snacks. Uh, if you want me personally on social media, I'm mostly on Instagram these days, but on all platforms, I am at 14 across. And we'll be back in two weeks. Like, if you haven't gathered by now that we're like extremely scrambled and just out of it. I, you must have scrolled forward like an hour and a half into this is how you miss that concept. Uh, I'm pretty sure though, our next episode will be the, some of the babysitters club mysteries, but if it's not, eh, deal with it. (laughs) It's probably that though. It's probably, probably we'll see. We'll see what happens. (laughs) Okay. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for tuning into this very special babysitters club after dark. And, We're going to do our best nights. Yeah. Oh, that's what it is. Whatever. It's both. (laughs) There's, um, I'll try to get back to our morning recording time when we can. Cause that's better emotionally. Yes. And temperature wise. Yes. Well, that's debatable. Probably. I guess so. Anywho. Bye. Bye. I'll edit out of the podcast, but I'm not showing any recording. It's cursed.